Same thing that I find troubling or difficult when I'm in discussions with either colleges, universities, or any, any public group is the misnomer that it's specifically education related. It's specifically around a person's status or where they've come from. None of those things represent their financial understanding or their capacity to learn or to grow. Um, it's, it's not about those things. Yo, what is going on, baby? Nathan Kennedy, The New Money Podcast, episode 101. How y'all doing, man? Hoping you guys are chilling, maxing, relaxing, doing your thing. Appreciate you guys tuning in. As usual, my friends, ask me any questions y'all got on Instagram, as well as if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you already know what to do. Leave a little review. They just changed the algorithm for Apple Podcasts, and they're starting to really pay attention to those reviews. So, hey, if you haven't left one, totally cool it's all good but i would love if you did i really appreciate uh, any feedback and anything that you guys have to say any questions or anything like that get at me on instagram tiktok wherever uh, i'm at your service to help you guys uh just have to reach out and uh my, my line's always open you already know what it is i sound like a a fucking guidance counselor when i say that but it's true i'm always here for you so what do we got today? We've got a fantastic episode. I sat down with the director of the Ontario Credit Counseling uh, Agency. It's a fantastic organization here in Ontario. It's actually quite large and uh, it's it's pretty pretty crazy that I was able to speak with this uh, gentleman. We talk a lot about uh, lending, uh, you know, how to handle your personal finances and uh, how to kind of protect yourself against uh, some some bullshit that kind of goes on there in the financial industry and things that are happening uh, in terms of uh, predatory stuff, more so loans. But hopefully, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, that's not really affecting you too, too much. But hey, this is just a little uh, little tidbit so that you know and that you're aware and, and uh, that you're protected. But without further ado, let's just dive on into it, baby. Like, where do people typically go wrong with credit? Is it is it a, is it a matter of not having the fundamentals to begin with, or is it you know the marketing and the things that kind of go along with that? Kind of what, what's your you know, and give me your full hot take on kind of you know that whole you know lending and the, the, the sort of practices that kind of go on there. Absolutely, and it's not discriminatory. There are so many situations that individuals find themselves in that they need support, they need just assistance, maybe they have questions uh, from simple budgeting up through to more mediation. Uh, but it's the fact that it doesn't discriminate. Life circumstances happen to all of us and now coming out of the pandemic, we even more know or more so know how you know, how critical those kinds of things can be when you maybe are a two income household moving down to one or none. What happens then? How can you prepare and how can you take care of your family and get to where you need to be? What's your opinion on, you know, some people, some folks that say that, you know, they're they're on either debt is terrible, debt is bad versus, you know, leverage and responsibly using leverage, things like that. Kind of tell me what your, your sort of stance is on that. Right. So I do get that a lot. <laughs> and uh, I have a little bit of a different opinion is that I am not here to judge how anyone else wants to live their life how they want to utilize services, how they want to access services, whatever they wish to do is within their right to do it. And I will support anyone in their right to do that. 
We just want to do it effectively and we want to do it in the right ways. And to have further conversations now about money, about finances, about repercussions, we're able to educate individuals on how these things can work and how they can work for them and maybe how they may not work so well into the future. But always with appreciation that we can't dictate always what is right for everyone. Right. Everyone's going to have a different picture. Everyone's going to have a different situation. And um, what we can do is mostly help them, guide them through to a solution that works for them in the right way. Uh, but always remembering that the clients, they're the heroes. They're the ones whose journey that we're working with. It's not ours specifically. We're helping them along theirs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you touch on, you know, everybody's that idiosyncratic, like everybody's got their own sort of situation when it comes to to their personal finances and credit and to kind of, you know, give a blanket statement. You know, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of that. Like I always say, you know, personal finance is a lot of a lot of gray. Yes, there's black and white things. You know, there's certain things that you just I, I won't go down that hole. But most of the time there's exceptions and things like that. What sort of difficulties or I guess opportunities do you guys find with education in general for you know educating consumers and things like that are there any hurdles are there any things that are in your way that prevent you from doing that and kind of take me through how you guys continue to go out and, and educate so i have the focus of speaking to anyone who will listen anyone who has a opportunity to have a conversation about it i think it's helpful no matter what those opinions are or where they are in terms of their insight or opinions on personal finance uh, in addition to that, it's the counseling piece, not forgetting all of the human, uh, the human humanitarian aspects of the work that we need to do in working with individuals who present financial issues. Because a lot of the times it's not just the financial issues that are the issue. There are other root causes that you need to be careful of and really appreciate as you're working through that client perspective. Same thing that I find troubling or difficult when I'm in discussions with either colleges, universities, or any any public group is the misnomer that it's specifically education related. It's specifically around a person's status or where they've come from. None of those things represent their financial understanding or their capacity to learn or to grow. It's, it's not about those things. It's, it's, there's so many opportunities where things can just fall apart. And so if you're not ready for those times or uh, you don't know where to turn or you don't have a safe place to talk, or someone that you can trust to reach out to in those vulnerable crisis moments, you can find yourself in some pretty dark places. Right. And so do you guys find a very broad range of, you know, consumers that come to you, like people that are worth, you know, a dollar, you know, people that are worth millions of dollars, like it, there's a wide range, is there not? Everyone. The thing that's the hardest though, is so many individuals in low income, low asset, thresholds don't really have the community supports that they need to really get through those situations. So when you have maybe um, you have income coming in or you're able to make yourself accessible to other products, etc., it's, it's a little bit easier to navigate that or repay your debt. Uh, but low income when you, you can't even reach an insolvency or pay the, the fees through a trustee, the process of which going through and getting the emergency debt relief fund through the OSB it can become very difficult and problematic. And we also have to factor in that many of these individuals, when you're in that situation, your phone is blowing off the hook with uh, collection agents, et cetera. You, you just want to survive. You just want to get through to the end of that situation. And oftentimes they will 
accept whatever is presented to them as a way out. Um, it's important for us to have credible sources and professionals out there who can be that body to be the ones that can assist them in the appropriate and ethical way. So let's talk about predatory lending, because I think you specifically probably have a, <laughs> a lot to say about that. You know, I worked for this firm called Fairstone and, you know, subordinate debt, you know, interest rates, I think on average were like 39%, you know, they're paying more interest in the, you know, principal, things like that. Just for a brief summer, I, I dealt with, and, you know, like the people there were great, don't get me wrong, but the overarching, every it was very, they kind of put on this professional sort of branding and things like that, but behind the scenes, like they're, you know, candidly, they're giving it to these, these, these people who don't really know any better and slapping on terms and, you know, kind of, you know, people could broadly say that lending in general is, is all lending is predatory. You talk about the generalizations, right? Because you're taking advantage of, you know, somebody who needs the money, who needs to be lent to. But I think there's guidelines as you talk ethics. So I was, I'm going through it and, you know, there's just people who really can't comprehend how, like, you know, things like amortization, how the loan structure works, like how much you're going to be paid, like, you know, things like they would train me to sell the monthly payment, just like car salesmen are sold to sell the monthly payment, same, similar thing, instead of educate and, you know, and slap on insurance because that's where you get bonused on and things like that. You talk about that level, you talk about like payday loans. I don't know how those still exist. Where are we going with consumer protection in those sort of areas where, there's this veil of professionalism and marketing and branding, but behind the scenes, at the end of the day, you're still, you know, putting, I mean, you talk about where, like my location, and I'm really going off on a tangent here, but my location was in Center Mall, Barton, right? You I know, know it very well. You know, very well, right? So it's a very diverse, but, you know, it's a lower income area. And, you, you know, you have a very wide range of people that come in but it's strategically put there to take advantage of, of lower income, lower asset folks, which is to be is like, they didn't just, oh, let's just go into the center mall. Like it's very, you know, and you look at any Fairstone or you look at any of these cash money payday loan places, they are strategically put in sort of more rundown areas. So where are we going with that in Canada? Is it just kind of stagnant? Are we turning a blind eye? And, and kind of tell me about your work around that. Right, so we're never turning a blind eye, that's for sure. The important piece is to always talk about it and be upfront about what the situations are and bring forward the stories. So if you have any listeners who have experiences with that, they can reach out to us as well. I've just done a consultation with the Ministry of Government Services here in Ontario, specifically around high rate lending. And what that's really looking like as we move into a more digital frontier with all of these lenders and private lenders and these practices that equate to, you know, a high rate interest climbing into the 40, 50% range. There needs to be some respect there as to providing protections for consumers, but also there is a social responsibility for the banks and the financial institutions themselves as to these are the products that you're providing, but you also have a responsibility to your community to help support these individuals. If anything happens during that situation, sometimes that insurance piece doesn't fix everything. We need more assistance from such creditors to work with social service agencies, accredited individuals who are working with these clients, trying to get them back onto a path of survivability. But we need the support of those uh, those groups to be able to help establish that. Are we in a place where there's legislation being put forward that's, you know, in the pipeline, so to speak, in terms of like 
you know, reducing that maximum rate or the limitations because, you know, you look at payday loans, like I, I think it's, I can't remember the terms off the top of my head, but the way it's structured is per month. But if you do, you know, APR annually, like it go, it goes into the hundreds and, you know, then it goes into collections and things like that and it compounds and it's just, you know, a nightmare. And I'm sure you guys would be the ones that would negotiate on behalf of the consumer. No, like there are instances of that. So yeah. any of our accredited practitioners who are working with consumers in that level of care, uh, they would be negotiating on behalf of their clients as to something that would work within their situation. So our nonprofit agencies, for example, if a client requires that, they can be put into a debt management program, which will then prorate based on their income over their total amount of debt uh, to mm -hmm. repay 100%. Um, but there are also situations where for example, I will work with the creditor community on behalf of these agencies and behalf of individuals who are practicing, as well as with the government. So specifically, we just did a consultation paper for the high rate lending. I had worked with the government regarding the payday lending industry and prior to that, the debt settlement industry as well, which provided the requirement and the legislation that eliminated this you uh, save 70% and just pay 30% of your debt and all of these uh, very superficial and too good to be true commercials that were happening 10 years ago. But now as we get those regulations in place, there's even more importance to really be watchful as to organizations start to crop up and trying things that are outside of those legislative parameters that we can keep refreshing it and keep making that it is applicable to the current environment that we have. Yeah, and, and you know, even is it is it mandating firms or, or branches to follow up and legally be required to ask, do you still need this or something like that? Like having those sort of practices, I, you know, talk about consumer protection. Like I really think I always talk about the most important thing with personal finance to me is awareness. If you're unaware of what's going on, that's when things start to slide. If you stay locked in and you're aware, you know, and you set up your systems, you automate all that kind of stuff, like you're, you're going to be in a good spot, but you have to be aware. And and so, you know, it's easy for somebody to go out, get a loan, fix a short term issue and then not really need the insurance and not be in a place where they need it, but they're not necessarily aware. Now you talk about accountability. It's it's on people who are taking out these loans, of course. But it's also I think you talk from a social good perspective, like we know better. Lenders know better. Right. And I, you, we, there needs to be that sort of, you know, respect to that sort of practice. And absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Social responsibility. Once again, um, you can see organizations who start to, oh, we support our communities and we support in this way and we donate here and we donate here. Well, show us your support for your community. Show us mm -hmm. by supporting the individuals within the community. Help them through situations that are hard for them. And let's mm. recognize that they exist, that they happen to everyone, and that uh, there's no need or room for mistreatment. We don't have time for that. We don't have time. And yeah. so for all of us to be able to be more open and just say, listen, this thing sucks. I don't get it. Can you help me out? Can you explain it? And go to people that you can trust. Go to people that have gone through the requirements to become accredited, to mm. have an ethics or a code of ethics that they work within. We need to be out there. We need to get the message. It can't be just from me. It needs to be from the collective us who have the greater interest for protecting consumers and providing a, a good path, whatever that path is for them, mm -hmm. but a good one, a safe one to get them where they need to be. 100%. And, you know, to, to kind of share a story quick, yeah. when I was working at that one firm, I remember there was, you know, a person there and, and 
I really don't think they're listening to this or, you know, and I don't mind sharing it, but I remember when she, you know, was training me on how to close a deal and things like that. There was actually, it was actually that day, but I remember earlier in the day, we had a family come in and, you know, it was a husband and a wife and the kids were there in the front and we go into the closing room and I'm kind of said, Hey, you know, I'm just sitting in and she goes, I swear to God, she goes, you know, what's going on here? She starts, they just start talking. And then she said, well, you're living paycheck to paycheck. So where's the money going? And starts just kind of like completely nailing these people just being, well, you're living. She just kept saying, well, you're living paycheck to paycheck. Where's your money going? You need to start budgeting. And I get out of there and I'm like fresh to the thing. I, I tell her, I'm like, you can't talk to people like that. Like, I don't care if I'm new. I don't care. And this is not like a, I'm not grandstanding, like moral, like I'm genuinely, this is what I said. I was like, you like, I don't care what it is. I don't care what profession it is. You don't talk to people that you don't have. You have no idea what they're dealing with. You don't know if the guy's dad just died. You don't know anything. You know, we're, we're a business. We need to be professional. You can't be prying into people's life like that. And, and it's, it's that deep seated judgment that people have in some of those industries where you have these uh, collections agencies too, who, you know, are, are, will just beat the hell out of people to get money back relentlessly. And, and yes, you know, again, there's a ton, there's accountability for people who are taking out, I'm, I'm not trying to say that, but I think there needs to be an acceptance for that. And I think, you know, I'm a big fan of you, you get more bees with honey, you know, versus, versus vinegar. They're the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But also for the, the organizations, it's, it's a little bit harder for the frontline staff who are just being directed by their management as to operate or meet these targets and meet these thresholds. And I, I give some grace to uh, those players. They themselves are you know, trying to work and pay for their lives and pay for their rent and get through life, the same as all of us are. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to make the best of what we have. But at the same time, there's just the basic human decency for all of us. And like I said earlier about just respecting that everyone has a unique situation. None of them are wrong. Everything is just the current situation that they're in and choices are made. And who are we to judge those choices? I used to hear, oh, well, we don't have room in the budget for cigarettes. We have to remove that from from the budget. This person's dependent on nicotine. They've been smoking for, it doesn't matter. They've decided that they're smoking and that's an important thing for them. So who, who are we as anyone else to decide as to what should be in a budget or how someone else should spend their money? Mm-hmm. There's essential things that are needed in life. And when those things are met, that's wonderful. And then outside of that, uh, we have to respect, you know, what, what's the most important bit? And that's first, you know, treating yourself with love and kindness and then radiating out from there. And then assigning things in your life that serve that root, that core principle of furthering yourself. And oftentimes we can fall off the path, but uh, it's, it's so critically important to not judge anyone who is still on that same path as you are. Mm-hmm. You just maybe at different places at different times. Exactly. I guess I have a few questions. What would you say to somebody who's listening to this to protect themselves when they need to go out and get a loan for whatever reason it is, if it's for a mortgage, like a, like a, a home, if it's for a personal loan, if it's any sort of lending, like how, how do consumers protect themselves. Right. So first and foremost is to ask questions, speak openly, talk about your situation. 
uh, seek out professional assistance if you need it. Um, the internet's a wonderful thing, but also seek out those who are going through the credentialing to espouse to be able to speak on behalf of these products. So our accredited Financial Counselor Canada program is available to all practitioners across the country, as long as you work with clients in a financial related capacity. So we have AFCCs who are in women's abuse centers, collection agents, lawyers, paralegals, credit counselors, bankers, mortgage realtors. But these are all individuals who have assigned themselves as a core principle to meet a code of ethics and working with clients to mitigate these financial uh, situations, but also treat them as humans first mm -hmm. and work through those core principles. But if anyone has questions, there are many of us out here that they can ask. And if you have more questions or if it just doesn't feel right inside, ask more questions. Yeah, Go to 100%. someone else and never 100%. feel intimidated to do that. Never feel right. under pressure ever. That's awesome. That's that's incredible. What would you say, you know, let's say that somebody isn't necessarily in collections, but maybe they're, you know, things are a little bit tougher. They, their credit card bill is quite high. You know, they're a little bit behind or, you know, they're just a little bit behind in their bills. Do you have any advice for negotiating on behalf of themselves just to say, hey, working out, like how flexible do you, have you personally found, you know, banks to be, credit card issuers to be, you know, bill providers to be with outstanding bills? Like, are they more flexible? Are they more rigid? Kind of, kind of take me through that. They're very flexible on honesty. And I believe that honesty is a core principle that we should have in all of our interactions and conversations. And uh, we could speak to that about putting up a front and, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and all of that. But mm -hmm. when you're speaking with the, the creditor community, you're speaking with their collections. Um, one, if you don't like the information you're receiving or how you're being treated, ask to be escalated. Mm -hmm. Secondly, uh, just be upfront with your situation. Be true to what your situation really is existing like today, uh, where your expenses is, what your income's looking for, what you need to make that situation work for you. If you're unsure about that, reach out to a credit professional and get assistance in maybe just finessing the budget or figuring out where things sit. But just be upfront and honest and mm -hmm. work with them as a collaborative partner. And um, just in the sense that you are sticking to uh, needing to have a relief maybe on interest or on payment, a deferral plan, et cetera, but then also hold true to that. You have to demonstrate that you are just as committed to this process as they are and then build that relationship like anyone else. That's incredible. That's incredible advice. I really think, you know, anytime I've ever, you know, negotiated with bill provider, and I talk about it a lot and I, and I encourage people to, because we, even, especially banks, banks are surprisingly very gracious when you call them and you're honest and you communicate that, Hey, this is kind of what happened or these fees or, Hey, it won't happen again. My apologies. Like, at least in my, in, in my experience and, and, you know, kind of chatting with other friends saying, Hey, just give them a call, see what they'll do. They, like, they, they, like this, if you are just very, because they have the budget, it's, you know, big five, band. like they, it, they don't, it's, it's not even a sneeze to them. Right. And people can't believe when that happens. It's like, Oh my, like they, you, you know, if you feel like you're, you know, like you're some big time lawyer, you just close some case or something. Right. But it's incredible how, how much, power you can take back if you if you kind of take the initiative and go out and try to you know advocate on behalf of yourself absolutely and that goes for everything in life always advocate on behalf of yourself and of your best interest and what serves you and what your needs are and the creditor community is no different than that we're all humans they are human as well and so 
reaching out to them and speaking to them just the same as we are today. Um, you know, try not to escalate. I know it's difficult when you're in a very stressful situation to be emotional, and I appreciate that. And also, once again, it's always that it's, it's opening dialogue. And so yeah. if you don't receive the answer you need, don't be scared to call back. Try someone else. Speak to a team lead. Speak to someone else there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I always say, like, escalation is the very, very, very last thing you should do because you want whoever's on the other line to be on your team and fight for you and want it and like you and respect you and, like, want to help you. You know, when you call in PO, you know, all that kind of jazz and you know, you're just, you're just in there. Like, they're not going to want to help you. They're not, they're going to tell their manager to tell this guy to kick rocks, you know, like that's, you just put your mind, like it's empathy, right? You put your mind in their place. If I'm a CSR working on behalf of this company, I get calls. I get hundreds of calls every day. I don't need some, you know, you know, unmentionable making my day worse. And then I got to tell my manager about like, you, you want to get it, it's it's so funny because you can either make the situation really good for yourself or the way you approach it, you can get absolutely nothing, no matter how hard you try. And so I think it's just that's negotiation one on one. It's like empathy. You got to have empathy. You got to know who you're talking to. And honestly, the guy could just, you know, like he probably he or she or they probably wouldn't be there that long if they just were like click every single time because it's not really CSR. But, you know, like they could do that and you have to respect that you know they're in a position to either grant or not grant or escalate or not escalate or etc and and i think yeah like 100 i think it's like any you're talking to a human being who's going through you know a tough day at work or good day at work or whatever and i always find that when i take it outside of work and i just ask how they're doing it's they're just shocked because nobody ever asks how they're doing like as if they're not human <laughs> do you know and it's a funny story it's so true and appreciated those conversations. I reached out to my insurance, uh, my car insurance company a couple of weeks ago. And um, I got on the phone with a, a specific intent that I needed to change an address, which is fine. Uh, you know, pretty cursory, it would take maybe 10 minutes. But uh, the individual on the other end, we got into a conversation about her family and her kids. And that turned into a complete hour and a half telephone conversation about where we both grow up and uh, how everything is out in their side in Cornwall, etc. Yeah. And it, it just brings the humanity back. And that's what I want to see coming to the financial literacy area is recognizing the humanity aspect of all the numbers. The numbers are very important, of course, but the humanitarian aspect of the work and appreciating that critical element to get all of these numbers to work and to get those processes and habits to become something that's sustainable for those individuals. So, so true. And, and I think the biggest thing to personal finance is behavior and, you know, emotion, emotions, you know, you, you want to think everybody's rational. We're emotional creatures. We're irrational creatures. We're imperfect creatures. And I think like any decision that we like, you know, for me to even be here or talk or me and you to talk or me to do anything, it's, it's a decision that's going on in my head and it's, you know, hopefully routed in fact, probably a lot of emotion and that's no different with finances. And so there's such a huge psychological element that drives decisions every single day and, and, and emotionally speaking. And so if you can really get a good grip on that uh, and your emotions, the numbers will come. Like you, you figure out the emotions, you figure out the behavior, the, the numbers will just magically appear and start to add up because the behavior is what drives it. And, and I think uh, we definitely need to get more of that in the industry for sure.
I agree. And especially in addition to that is appreciating for everyone how long it really takes that everything with this, it's not so instantaneous mm -hmm. that we just can't go online and buy an option. Well, I guess certain credit products you can, or that's the illusion. But these choices, they have long-term impacts. Long-term, mm -hmm. especially if you're younger, first getting into a into a university or first credit card, et cetera, there's a lot of road ahead of you, hopefully. And yeah. with that, the, we have to appreciate that in certain circumstances or situations, we have to give ourselves grace to know that we stay the course and have patience for ourselves in the process and where we're heading and keep that focus and not be so hard on yourself uh, that you can get there. But it, it does take time. It takes time and sometimes you're going to fail or sometimes you may falter and that's okay. We learn great things from failure. Yeah. I know I have. It's probably yeah. the, the biggest space that I've learned anything in my life. Uh, but uh, as, as you go through that, give yourself some grace. Appreciate that we're all trying to do this. Um, reach out to friends, reach out to family, reach out to a safe place. And if you don't have one, there are accredited counselors there ready to help you and assist you in social service and not-for-profit agencies as well. Yeah, that's beautifully said, Will. I, I just have one more question for you. You've been awesome today. Really, really been enjoying this conversation. Probably could talk a lot more. You know, what's one thing that you think sets up? I mean, you know, it could be a number of things, but I'd say if you had to pick, what's one thing that sets successful people, financially successful people apart from people who might not be as financially successful? Right. They're not afraid to chase it. They're not afraid to dig down and find out the information seek out colleagues, network, ask questions, be vulnerable, but be specific. Know where you want to head and look in that direction and chase after those objectives. I think that's very important. And especially for anyone who's starting out. When I first did, I didn't know anything. I had no clue. I didn't know what I meant. I didn't know what inside me meant, any yeah. of that. And when I grew up, I grew up in an incredibly poor family. We were on welfare. It was on a, a rural community in Newfoundland. And my mother and father, they had maybe grade seven, grade four education. Uh, There's a lot of mental illness there. And I grew up the youngest of a large family. And I got to see rudimentary how that financial literacy skills in combination with all of these other uh, human pieces of interaction and working together, communication, how all of these key pieces, when they're missing, what kind of struggle and impact that has then and rippling through the lives of everyone involved, including the community. And so when I got out onto my own and I came upon this industry many moments ago, <laughs> um, it, it really resonated with me that, my goodness, it, it's so easy to just have a conversation. Sometimes it isn't, mm -hmm. but it's important for us to try and to continue pushing that to help everyone just know that we're, we're all just trying to do our best. Yeah. Over 50% of Canadians don't know what their financial fitness is. Yeah. And that's a really big, big opportunity for us to just know that your situation, your struggle today, is not isolated to just you. Absolutely. We've all been there. We may still, I may still even be there. You, you just don't know what life is going to present and life can change in a, in a matter of an instant. But right. just know that there's trustable sources out there. There's credible people that are dedicating their lives to helping these conversations. And don't be afraid to reach out and to ask. That's, that's so well said. Thank you so, so much, Will. You were, you were amazing today. Where can people find you or reach out to you if they, uh, if they would like? 
Anytime you can find me on financialfitness.ca. <laughs> amazing. 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 Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad we were able to do this. And uh, well, I'm sure we'll talk after this too. But uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Nathan. So there you have it, my friend. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. A pretty dope episode. I'm not going to lie. It was really sweet to talk with Will. He's a great guy. Very insightful, very kind, very good heart on this uh, on this gentleman. So it was really, really awesome to chat. Going to keep the closing nice and short today. I just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in, chugging along, you know, doing our thing here, you know. So, hey, like I said in the beginning reach out got any questions anything that we talked about today anything you want to clear up uh, or any follow-up or anything please reach out would love to chat with you guys thank you so so much for tuning in i appreciate y'all boy i love y'all but for now i'm out this mother peace